The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Ball Heat podcast, where oh yeah, I'm motivated always. Oh yeah. I am your host, Ben Tovia, aka KarmicBeat7193. And with me today, motivated as always, is my wonderful co-host, Luke Weber. Oh man, it is a uh, good time to be motivated, although I'm uh, uh, once again, Hoopball Heat is in mourning. Hey man, listen, you know who was motivated? Who's motivated? Miami's front office. Miami's front office, yeah. This episode marks the return of optimistic Luke Weber. I am back, and I'm ready to have a good team again. Really? It's funny you say that is not what you've been saying in the group chats, but okay. Hey, look. I'm going to expose you on here. There's room for improvement, and I'm definitely one to point that out. But ultimately... We both discussed in our guard segment, which if you haven't listened to, go check it out. We have parts one and two on that. Yeah, wherever you get your podcasts. But we both had at the top of our lists a man named uh, Kyle Lowry, who we'll talk a little bit about, or or a lot of bit about uh, a bit later on. But that guy was at the top of both of our lists, and we got him. They got him. They got their guy. We can figure out the logistics, the X's and O's, the, you know, who's going to play power forward, whatever. But we got the main guy, and that makes me happy. Yeah, I mean... Let's start from the beginning. Uh, Free agency started at 6 o'clock. And actually, uh, let's do some plugging here, Luke, because you and I had some uh, had a fun time yesterday. Uh, we were live for the first couple hours of free agency on uh, my personal Instagram account. So if you guys we were alive, if you guys want some more Hoop Ball Heat content uh, with a few special guests, uh, a, a few friends of mine joined us and uh, our good buddy, Tony, you might remember him from Guards Part 2. Um, we, uh, we did some, we had some fun, reacted to everything that went down. Uh, it started out kind of crazy, you know, five things happening at once, you know, Lonzo signed immediately with Chicago. That was nuts. But, um, the first real big domino to drop Luke from Miami wasn't Kyle Lauer. We got reports, but we didn't get full details until about 40 minutes in ish. Um, but the first real domino to drop, uh, Jimmy Butler getting a max extension. Yeah, I know that there was a lot of debate about this throughout the season. Um, most Heat fans seem to be in the same place on it, but there's a lot of uh, trolls and haters out there saying, oh, Jimmy Butler doesn't deserve that much. The Heat shouldn't be paying him a max extension. But at some point, you think about the league right now and how, for the most part, it's dominated by these mega stars. And think about how long we went without one of these stars and how hard it was to, to, to get one of these guys. My rule of thumb, when you have a megastar, a top 15 player, 
You do whatever it takes to make them happy, to, to put them in the right situation, to succeed, because these guys are rare and these guys are incredible. So give Jimmy whatever the hell he wants, because that man is <laughs> that man is incredible. So let me let me jump in here because I'm I'm actually kind of really upset with the way this has been covered. Um, I'm seeing a lot of people on NBA Twitter, a lot of people who I know better, a lot of people who also create content, literally laughing at this Jimmy Butler extension. And my answer is, why? Why are you laughing at? Like, like, what, what what part of this doesn't make sense? Chris Paul just got four years, 120 million. Now, granted, that one was. Credit to Phoenix on that contract. Third year partially guaranteed, fourth year non-guaranteed. Amazing deal for them. But, like, th- people are laughing because Jimmy's going to be 36, making $51.5 million in 25-26. Um, that is the last year of this extension. He's going to be making $41 million next year, 44, 48, and then 51. Um, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Luke, at the end of this next season – and going into 2022-2023, does the NBA not get a new TV deal? The NBA, yeah, new TV deal. Luke, what is the NBA getting a new TV deal due to the salary cap? So, basically, it means that the salary cap jumps on one of those Olympic trampolines in Tokyo and goes for a ride. Yeah, it increases. You know what that means? That means players are going to get start getting paid more money. That means these $30, $40 million deals that you're seeing now are going to become $50 million deals. Jimmy Butler making $50 million at 36, even if he's not worth it at that point, is not going to be as like insane over the top as you might think it is. Russell Westbrook is on his fourth team in four years. These deals are always going to be movable, especially for a guy as impactful to winning as Jimmy is. Yeah, I mean, in a market that's trending upwards to get a player for a contract that who's, I mean, (laughs) whose contract value won't accelerate at the rate of the salary cap. I mean, that's a great deal for Miami. And for the record, um, this is the final season. And Luke, you and I, and I'm sure many Heat fans everywhere will be rejoicing for this. This is the last season Miami will have to pay Ryan Anderson. <sighs> Man, I'm... His well, money is off the books after this summer. Do you know what that means, Luke? It means that $5 million in the bank. Even better. It means Miami will now have the potential to open up a third max slot. So, this Jimmy Butler deal, in the grand scheme of things, does not matter and is not as, like, bad of a move as a lot of people are making it out to be. And it's the right move to make. Of course, you extend your best player, obviously. But enough enough upset, because the Heat have had, I think, a really good free agency period. I think other than the Lakers, they are the big winners this year, so far anyway. Um and the Bulls, actually. Credit to Chicago. Um, the next thing that I happened... you already, DeMar. Eh, I, I, I wasn't huge on the DeMar thing, but whatever. Um, next thing that happened was Kyle Lowry coming to the Miami Heat and going out are 
a second round pick in I think 2028, if I'm not mistaken, Luke. 2028. That's right. 2028. Uh, Precious Achua, who you know, hopes to see him develop. Those guys in Toronto are fantastic at developing talent. I think he'll. I think he'll fit in really well there. I, yeah, I mean, look, obviously the sad part about letting uh, uh, of this trade is letting Dragic go, not letting a true go. Gonna, I was going to get to that. I was saving the, the biggest one for last. Yeah, well, I'm just saying I I wish Precious enjoyed the best. Um, I don't know what his future would look like in in Toronto, but they clearly seem to like him. Um, who knows what happens, but I really, uh, I, I think he can be quite good in their system. But anyways, the last yeah. and most important name. Yeah, the big one. Uh, Goran Dragic, after seven years in Miami, his tenure with the Heat is done, at least for now. Um, I'm going to get personal here for a second. Yeah. I sent a a this might this is gonna be kind of cringy. I sent an Instagram DM to Goran Dragic that he'll probably never see. And I'm I'm gonna read it out here. You'll probably never see this, but I just want to personally thank you. You're one of my favorite players ever, and your time in Miami has led to some of my favorite memories as a sports fan. Thank you so much for being the greatest point guard in his in heat history, and best of luck wherever you end up. Thank you, Goron. Um, what can you really say? I mean, number seven's going to go up in the rafters. He is, in my honest opinion, the greatest point guard in Heat history. Um, you know, he's, I think, top five to top ten in almost every statistical major statistical category for Miami outside of rebounds um, and blocks. Like, he is he means as much to this organization as anyone has over the past decade. Yeah. I mean, you talk about the, these dark days in heat history. I mean, whenever we spoke about the heat, the general uh, narrative was that other than those first few years starting out as an expansion team, the heat had only missed the playoffs five times until 2015, I think. And so you have this team that is all about consistency and always being excellent going through this five-year stretch of just mediocrity. And Goran Dragic was always the, the light bringer, the hope during that time that we have a guy who we can rely on, who we can say that's ours, when the entire roster is moving around, when our hometown hero, Dwayne Wade, uh, departs for Chicago for his hometown. And... Goran Dragic is that one consistency that we can always th- say, yeah, that's our guy. That That's the Miami Heat. And it's really going to be sad to see him go. I'm hoping that um, a couple years from now, he will no longer be the greatest point guard in Heat history because uh, I'm, I'm hoping that Kyle Lowry has a... Uh, uh, ring to his name down in South Beach, but ultimately we're really gonna miss Goran. I 
I wish him the very best. I'm hoping he figures out a way to get to Dallas. Seems to be the place where he wants to go. Team up with uh, his mentee, Luka Doncic. And really, such an incredible player. Such an incredible person. I just... I, I want him to have all the success he can in his remaining time in this league. Yeah, I give him so much credit. He was brought in in um, at the deadline in 2014, 14-15, um, to compete for a championship, to play on a championship team with Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade. That very same day, Chris Bosh gets the blood clots in his lungs and you know, starting the end of his career, essentially. Um, and Goran, he never left, even after Dwayne left in, in twenty in the summer of 2016, and they had that year, 2017, he signed an extension. He stayed sacrificing so much over the years to allow guys like Josh Richardson, Justice Winslow, Kendrick Nunn, all to take that starting spot over him. Um, he... I've never seen it other than Dwayne Wade. I don't think anyone sacrificed as much for this organization from a player perspective as Goran Dragic has. Um, I, I think, you know, he, uh, that dude is maybe maybe UD, but I feel like he's getting paid over the years with the, all these minimums, which um, it is midnight. It's just turned over to uh, Wednesday, the 4th. Udonis Haslam still has not signed. Um, I, yeah, I think the expectation is that he will, but the fact that it hasn't happened yet is kind of interesting. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we, we love Goran here. This is a pro-Goran podcast. <laughs> Man, everyone's going to L.A. at this point. Um, I guess that's something we can touch on. The guys Miami did not bring back um, – Trevor Ariza to the Lakers on a, on a one-year minimum. Um, I don't think that's going to affect them too much considering some of these other moves they pulled off, but we'll get to that. Um, then the one that I'm hoping won't affect us too much. Uh, the loss of uh, Nemanja Bialica going to Golden State. Of course, of course. Yeah. Um, look, the Heat, clearly the relationship didn't work out with uh, – Nemanja Bielitsa, unfortunately, there was no uh, prenup that he would get something out of his departure, although I'm not sure what kind of value that man still has. But He's a good he's a good player, and I think he'll do well in Golden State in that system. They needed a stretch big. He can provide that. I just don't yeah. know if he ever really got a shot like at extended playing time in Miami. So, you know, he's got more to give. But then the big name, and I've got to talk to you about this one because we disagree on this. I think a lot. We very much disagree on Kendrick Nunn and my perspective on it. So yesterday we found out that, or maybe earlier today, I don't know. Everything is kind of just jumbling together. Yeah, this was this was a Tuesday thing. I learned that he had pulled the qualifying offer on Kendrick Nunn. Now, what does that mean? That means that he's no longer a restricted free agent. So what does that mean? That means that... I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. Go for it, little Benjamin. 
That means that they could no longer match any deal that Kendrick got, meaning that he was able to field more trade off or more uh, contract offers. So it means a couple things. One that that if a team like oh the Lakers sends him a deal and Kendrick Nunn accepts that deal, the Heat would immediately have the ability to match that deal and say, "Ha, no, psych, you're not going to the Lakers. You're coming back." And uh, furthermore, that gives the Heat power for a signing trade. But it also just means that if Kyle Lowry ends up signing a very team-friendly deal, then the Heat could pretty much just grab that deal for themselves. And But now the Heat are left without a backup point guard, without kind of a second unit uh, scoring punch other than Tyler Hero, who's going to continue to be uh, prioritized as a number one off- option off the bench by the defenses. And... Um, uh, look, Kendrick Nunn going to the Lakers, going to do the whole ride LeBron to uh, finals appearance thing. But I mean, at, at some point, we're talking about a situation where the Heat very realistically could have gotten something back for him, yeah. or at least could have that's, kept him. So that's the part of it I agree with you on. The fact that this ha- keeps happening where Miami nurtures these undrafted or, or low draft, low pick guys into like legitimate good NBA players and then lets them go loose and doesn't get anything in return for it, doesn't really reap any benefits from doing so. Eric Jones Jr. Derek, well, yeah, that's that's Ma- the part of it. That they're not that, getting anything back things. from this. Look, hey, and by the way, I mean, let let uh, Kendrick Nunn go wherever he wants. It means we get Derek Jones Jr. back. Yeah, that the, is a man we could use. So, like, at the at a, it gets to a certain point where all these guys, you know, he was undrafted, and now look at him competing for a championship on a contender, or he just got this big contract. All these feel-good stories eventually need to give way to okay, we're just not getting anything back for, like, developing these guys. Like, we'll get a couple good years out of them, and then we lose them for nothing. Like, the team, you know, from a team perspective, like, you know, I am, you know, Eric Spolstra. I just turned you into a great player for our team, and now I'm going to let you, and now the organization is going to let you go, let all of my hard work go so you can go be great somewhere else, and I don't get anything in return for that, you know? Well, I think part of the, uh, part of it is that Pat seems to very much expect the loyalty to be a two-way street. The paragon of this is Udonis Haslam. Yes. Yes, we we developed you you were undrafted. Um, you are brought into the organization and turned into a fantastic player. And now you're going to respond to that by staying, taking the pay cut, taking one for the team and contributing to winning basketball. But I mean, first of all, uh, you can't expect everybody to be Udonis Haslam. And I don't think it's anybody's fault if they're not going to do that because right. I mean to each their own go get your bag Udonis Haslam is a special uh, person special human but 
it, it would definitely be nice if the Heat kind of took a look at that and said, hey, um, Derek Jones Jr. probably has some value. Kendrick Nunn probably has some value. You can get, I don't know, second-round pick for that. That's something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the part of it. Like, as for, like, I was never really for the idea of keeping Kendrick on the roster. Um, I think there are guys still available right as we're speaking right now. Um, unless, like, you know, guys, unless J.J. Redick just got signed, in which case. You know, yeah. Malik Monk is on the Lakers, too. <laughs> yes, he is. Yes, he is. And Wayne Ellington. Oh but God. I think, you know, there's still options available. That wasn't a big deal. It's the fact that they didn't get anything in return for it. It's the same reason why I'm kind of confused as to why they didn't pick up Andre Iguodala's option. Like, you could have done something with that. He's a he's a big, media expiring contract. Teams want that. Like, you could have gotten something of value there. But it's whatever. B- best of luck, Kendrick. Go win a ring in L.A., um, unless you play against the Heat, then tank, tank, tank. But, uh, you know. Now, he's going to do the uh, – and do you remember in 2015 when LeBron came back and played the Heat, he set a screen on Matthew Delvadova? Oh, my God. Yes, I do. I'm ready for Kendrick to do that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so – but getting back to where we were like a few minutes ago before we went on this tirade, the Heat got Kyle Lowry. Luke, talk about Kyle Lowry's impact on this team. Man, I mean, look, I, I love me some Goran Dragic, but this is a point guard. Like th- th- This is a, a, a point guard at its very core. You've got a guy who's actually going to make the game easier for Jimmy Butler. Think about that. No more uh, uh, crouched over, uh, hit up against a wall, Jimmy Butler. We've got a guy who can actually, I don't know, get him an easy basket. I mean, assuming he doesn't happen to pass it out for an Andrej Wadala quarter three, Jimmy Butler is going to get some layups this year. And that's good to see. I'm hoping that he'll make Tyler Hero a lot better. I'm hoping he'll make Bam a lot better, at least scoring-wise. You finally are able to bring in a guy who will make people look good on offense and make people look good on defense because this is a guy who can switch, who can lock down a perimeter player. I mean, you have a guy who can just do it all. It's like everything we wanted Oladipo to do and more, we have in Kyle Lowry. Yeah, so my big thing with this, you're talking about his impact on Jimmy. I think Bam Adebayo is about to have a career. He's about to have a career point year. He's about to have a career rebound year, I think. And I think he's about to have a career assist year. I'm watching Bam, and we can get to the Olympics. I'm watching Bam playing for Team USA who uh, just advanced to the medal round. So mm-hmm. job well done against uh, Spain there, even though Ricky Rubio had the game of his life. Um, I'm watching Bam and particularly playing with Damian Lillard. And I'm watching him get the ball on off the short roll. Dame finds him with that pocket pass. And Bam, the defense collapses on Bam in the paint and he kicks out to shooters. 
Bam as a secondary playmaker is going to be so huge this year. Like he is going to get the ball into in easy situations from Kyle Lowry. Defenses are going to collapse on him and guys are going to be open. The Heat just signed one of the most like prolific corner three-point shooters who we are going to get to in a minute. Like the most prolific corner three-point shooter of our era, practically. He's going to get open looks. Bam is going to find him. And I think we're we're going to skip by the uh, name drop of uh, Damian Lillard there because uh, you mentioned earlier that he have a max slot next summer. But anyways. Light years, um, baby. Light years. <laughs> so then um, Woj tweeted out maybe my favorite thing he's ever tweeted after the Kyle Lowry thing. He oh, tweets, yeah. uh, getting on to the next uh, thing that happened. Duncan Robinson, host of the Longshot podcast. He has to make that separate. Which, for the record, um, good good stuff, Duncan. Get your bag. Get your promotion, baby. Love to see it. Love to see it. If if you guys didn't know, apparently the host of the Longshot podcast is also an NBA player. Crazy, I know. (laughs) If you're going to tell me the host of the Old Man and the Three is also an NBA player. Man, didn't he retire like forty years ago? Man, he might not get signed. I'm, I'm not. I'm not even kidding. Like, oh, I'm shocked. On. I'm shocked. No one's picked him up yet. But the player we're referring to, of course, JJ Redick. JJ Redick, who will get signed by a team. Come I hope on. he gets signed by this team. Well, hell yeah. Um, but yeah. So Duncan, five years, ninety million. I believe the fifth year is a player option. Uh, the largest ever deal for an undrafted player. Oh, I'm sorry. A team option after the fourth year. So 18 million a year for Duncan uh, average with a team option. Fantastic. Fantastic. Amazing deal. By the way, if you haven't seen the I'm back video, Duncan. Oh, also fantastic. You need to see that. You need to watch it. Oh my goodness. You know, I, I thought what warmed my heart as a Heat fan during one last dance that year was whenever Dwayne Wade would poke fun at Pat Riley. And I I like that we're starting to see that from Jimmy Butler, from uh, even Duncan Robinson now. It it shows this tightness in the organization that the last time I saw like an organization that tight, 06. I I feel like the 2013 team was pretty tight doing stuff like, you know, the video bombing, the Harlem Shake, all that. Maybe the roster, but maybe not the organization. Okay, I guess. But, um, yeah. Uh, talk about Duncan's contract, because, wow. Yes. Look, I, I, once again, we're seeing this with the Jimmy contract, with the Lowry contract, with the Duncan contract. You got your Twitter people. Um, saying, oh, well, he doesn't deserve that much. How could you pay a guy who can, how can you pay a shooter uh, 90 million? At the same time, we're talking about a guy who literally, look at our offense last year. When you look at the Heat offense, it's just dribble handoff after dribble handoff. And we're hoping that. I want to point out, like, 
more than likely, this is a four-year, $72 million deal. That team option is going to get declined or it's going to get accepted and traded. Like, yeah, you know, that, that's way down. The line. That's way down the line. But like, you know, people framing it as 90 million are not thinking about the big picture. All right. Well, we'll roast you on that later, like three years from now. Um, We're still anyway. here in three years, man. I don't know. Florida, hey. uh, I think I'll be underwater at that point, dude. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think uh, it will become the Carnival Cruises Arena. Yeah, instead of the FTX Arena. Ah, that's going to be weird. It will be played on a uh, cruise ship. That would be fun to watch, though. <laughs> but but um, anyways, yeah. Duncan Robinson, I, I think as a fit for this roster, when you talk about a starting lineup, then it's Kyle Lowry and then Bam and Jimmy Butler. You need a shooter for that. And that's not something that can be understated. I mean, over, overstated. You need a guy who can shoot. And having a guy who's not just a shooter, but an elite one at that is a huge help for the team. Because we're talking about getting Jimmy those easy buckets. And, you know, spacing happens to help. I mean, he's going to be vital to the offense again. Um, I think he'll get more open looks now that the Heat have another guy who can, who have a guy who can get downhill in Kyle Lowry. Um, I think that the fact that it that it cost them less than twenty million is, thank goodness, because I was, you know, I thought that would be a slight overpay, but like what they got him at is is a perfect amount. He has made the advancements in the other aspects of his game to where calling him the worst defender on the floor for the Heat is not necessarily a bad thing. No, and, and you talk about other uh, other incredible teams. I mean, you look at the Brooklyn Nets. I think Duncan Robinson is a better defender than some of the guys over there. Yeah. Um. Really quickly, uh, this came out earlier today and i didn't see it until now goran dragic said on slovenian tv apparently today that uh, about the trade to toronto quote i haven't heard from toronto yet i'm still waiting for the news everything depends on the third team we'll have the news in the next few days so i guess there's a third team involved and if i'm miami that third team needs to be milwaukee Elaborate. Well, one, it's because Rodney Hood, who was on the Raptors this year, is signing with the Bucks, And two, the other guy the Heat signed in free agency this year, P.J. Tucker, on a two-year $15 million deal that right now see, appears to be a part of the mid-level exception. But if they can turn this into a three-team deal, including Milwaukee, where Toronto gets back Precious Goron and Precious and Goron and Milwaukee gets their guy in Rodney Hood. Um, that can make it so that the PJ money doesn't necessarily have to come out of the mid-level. And then Miami has a lot more money to work with to get guys like Kelly Oubre, who is still available. Reggie Jackson, who is still available. Dennis Schroeder, even. But um, and I, I'm not sure that he can match those contracts. I don't think that the money works that way. 
I, I'm not entirely sure how to do it, but I, I, you know, we've seen guys on Twitter saying Miami needs to get Milwaukee involved in anything. They need to try and find a third team to make the money work better for them. And then the fourth team uh, for Goran's sake yeah, to is get to Dallas. Dallas. But um, no. So anyway, yeah, PJ Tucker. I love yeah. it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay, so here's where we get to Luke see hates it. Super. Luke hates the idea. I don't hate it. And I, I, look, I'm a huge PJ Tucker fan. I am a. I love bringing PJ Tucker to the Heat. I wanted to bring him earlier. My problem is him starting. Okay, so I have a response to this, but let's wait until we talk about the other acquisition. Let's just talk about a, a, a PJ Tucker fit with this team. This defense is going to be unstoppable. Like I've been, I've been describing it like this to people. Miami's going to score seventy-five points a game, but by God, they're going to hold their opponents to seventy. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about Lowry, Jimmy, Tucker, and Bam in a starting lineup. Switch everything. Good luck. And you know what I like about PJ? And we saw Phoenix do this in the finals. Big. What was a big problem for Miami this year, Luke? Say rebounding. Your size is say say rebounding. Rebounding. (laughs) Rebounding. So in the finals, in the NBA finals this year, the Phoenix Suns were putting Chris Paul and PJ Tucker in the corner, basically just saying, You you're not gonna move from the corners. So let's um let's put we're gonna put our worst defender on you. And PJ decided to take that as Oh, you're going to put a small guy on me? Okay, I'm going to grab as many offensive rebounds as possible. And he did. And it was great. And if he does that for Miami, that's also great. Because that's a guy that boxes out. That's a guy that works on the glass. Absolutely. So the Heat got Tucker and they got Markeith Morris. And I like those two. I'm just a little bit worried about the Heat's scoring punch at the four position and long-term consistency. But look, ultimately, uh, we'll save that for the Bigs episode when we get to it. And I just want to say, I know that I've been a little bit uh, pessimistic about this team recently. But man, it feels good to be back on the right track. And that right track is Kyle Lowry. Luke, you're pessimistic, but how alive do you feel? <sighs> so alive. It's man. great, man. Because the pessimism isn't, I don't know if this team can make it out of the first round. The pessimism is, I don't know if this team is good enough to beat Brooklyn. You know? But yeah, you hey, touched I- on it. Markeith Morris. Yeah, I- I'm a huge fan. Um, I, I love that acquisition. That's a guy from space and I'm excited to see what he can do for sure. Yeah. Um, I think he starts in the regular season and then, um, and then in the playoffs, uh, they'll move to Tucker starting, but, um, yeah, other than that, uh, the heat signed, uh, re-signed, uh, Gabe Vincent, um, Max Struess, and both to two-year deals, and then Dwayne Dedman to a one-year deal. Um, quick shout-out to Dedman, by the way. Uh, 
for not he ref, the report came out he refused to take a meeting with the Sixers, forcing them to sign Andre Drummond. We love you, Deadman. Yeah, I love bringing Dwayne Deadman back. We're talking about a tough guy. I mean, him and Tucker and Morris and Bam, that is a front court rotation that I can work with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, the Heat made some made some moves. Um, a lot of the guys that we wanted are off, that we being you and I wanted, are off the market right now. The but biggest a- names in that are... Uh, Nick Batum, Bernardo Rosen, Jeff Green, James Michael Green, Jim Michael Green, yeah, um, James Johnson, James Johnson, yeah, signed with the Nets. Good for him, man. Good now, for him. you'll notice that all of these players happen to be power forwards. Yes, and so I think part of my disappointment with PJ and Marquise is not necessarily that I don't like those players, but that I had aspirations that I don't think were unrealistic, but that were not met. So, okay, here's here's the thing with this, right? Um, the Heat have, I believe, two roster spots left and like zero money, barring anything happening with these trades. But um, I think that what they got at the power forward is serviceable enough. We know what P.J. Tucker is. We know what he gives. We know what Mar- Markeith Morris is to an extent. We know he can get hot sometimes. But for the most part, we know as fans, as people who love this game, we know who these people are. These are guys who have competed on rosters. These are guys who have won championships. We've seen what they can do. Um, I think that what they can do is what this team needs them to do or what I think actually let me rephrase that I think what they can do is help give this team an identity Luke what was one of our biggest issues you and I and pretty much everyone with the heat last year that much like much like uh, the 2014 heat died have comparing the, this team to they have lost their happiness, their mojo, their chemistry. Okay, that's not what I was going to say. Oh, that's what I was going to. We're talking about an identity. We're talking about an identity being together and being in this dog mentality. So my thing was... They come hand in hand. My thing with it was last year, and I kind of like... They kind of found it for a bit by near the end of the season. Um, but for the most part, they didn't really have it is what is this team's identity? How do they want to play? What do they want it to do? Do they want to be a super three point shooting team who, who plays offense really well? Or do we want, or do they want to be a hard nosed defensive team? This team I mean, hasn't oh. played a second of basketball together and Everybody knows what their identity is. You have stat muse posting posting memes about it. Like, good luck trying to score on this team. Yeah. You know what I want to see? And this is, like, such a stupid lineup, but I still think it would just be very funny to put out. Go, go for it. Lowry. Okay. Butler. All right, yeah. 
Tucker. Okay. At the three. Bam. At the four. Okay. Deadman. All right. All right. Two points per 100 per session, but the other team's going to score one. Exactly. Um, and I mean, even just for a minute in the fourth quarter, when like when you need a stop and you're not playing Steph Curry. Yeah, I mean, like my problem last year was there were too many times where we had those lineups of like of Gabe, G- Gabe, Tyler, Max, Precious, and like someone else, someone else who doesn't matter, you know. Goron, I guess, who matters, but you know what I mean. Like, these – KZ. KZ would be the other one. I think that's the lineup they rolled out that one Minnesota game where they lost because of the start of the, for, for, start of the fourth quarter where Gabe picked up four fouls in three minutes. But um, this team at any given point, worst-case scenario, is going to have maybe two bad defenders out on the court. Yeah. Like th- – <sighs> They have a legit shot at being the best defense in the league. Bam has a legitimate chance at winning defensive player of the year this year, based not only off of his own merits like every year, but based off of how good the team's defense is going to be. And you mentioned that this team will most likely have two great defenders on the court at all times. And this is a crazy thing, especially given last year, you would often see lineups of Dragic, yeah, three or none, more, three or zero. more negative defenders at any time. Yeah, I mean, Achua. I mean, you're seeing a lot of guys last year who just could not defend for their lives, and now this this entire team is just loaded with them and all the negative defenders, the worst defenders on the team. I think the, the top three on that list were Dragic, Hero, and None, and two or three are gone. gone. We can't, no more three-guard lineups. That suck. Yeah. Worst-case scenario, three-guard three lineup's going to be like Kyle, Tyler, and, I don't know, Gabe or, um, or uh, MJ Garrett, who uh, balled out in Summer League today. Yeah, that was incredible to watch. Uh, was he the one who had five steals, or was that smart? No, that was Garrett. Uh, he's, I, I just, and I know that there's all the comparisons to Josh Richardson. I'm not expecting any of that, but you have a bull hound, and that's yeah. always fun to watch. We have two now. Like, put him and Diki Jaro, who's one of the other undrafted guys they signed, and that two-two-one that Miami liked to run full court for for towards the end of last season, teams aren't going to get be able to get the ball across half court. Like this team has an identity. They're going to defend. They're going to be physical. They're going to play hard. So much last year that I just want to see guys playing hard who weren't named Jimmy. And that's all this team has. They have guys who play hard. They have dogs with a W. You got hoopers. You got real. Hoopers. No, no, we're not have. We're not doing that. We're not doing <laughs> hoopers versus basketball. Hey, hey, players. Kyle Lowry. Kyle I Lowry. refuse to have that debate. Kyle on our show. Lowry. Kyle Lowry play, it plays for the Miami Heat, and he will not wear number seven. I refuse. Um, I think he's going to wear number five. That's my bet. Oh, you can't take Earl Barron's number. <laughs> 
Hey, um, I thought you were going to say you can't take Derek Jones' number. Yeah, but I, that's that's zigging. I wanted to zag. But uh, <laughs> no. Um, Amari Stoudemire's number. There you go. Going back to our favorite. Or your, I think both of our favorite team. The yeah. 2016 team. Um, but yeah, no. Um, speaking of Summer League, Omar, you're at seven. Oh my God. You're seven. Number 77. 27 points, 19 rebounds, eight turnovers, six fouls, but you it's okay because it takes 10 fouls to foul out of a Summer League game. Hey, yo. Now, of course, we're not going to take anything too serious out of Summer League or at the Olympics or at the okay. League. You say that? There is stuff like that is real there with Omar. That offensive yeah, touch, I mean, that jump yeah, shot. Yeah, tell that to Kevin Knox. No, man. No, listen. That jumper, that offensive touch that he's had, like we saw him playing over in Europe, that's real. That stuff is real. That touch around the basket, that ability to shoot, that is real. I would love for that to be real. I will believe it when I see it. I guess, but I don't know if he's going to be able to get minutes. But yeah, um, free agency is obviously not over. There are still guys out on the market. Kelly Oubre, Reggie Jackson, Dennis Schroeder, J.J. Reddick. Danny Green. Danny Green is still out there. A lot of guys who could really help. It's just up to Miami to figure out how to make the money. Um, but they've got the best in the business in Andy Ellisberg. He can figure it out. In Spo we trust. In, in Spo Andy we trust. we trust. And in Pat we in trust. In Riley we trust. And I think that is a fantastic way to end this episode. Luke, right. Luke, give me like one sentence on your thoughts on these first couple of days of free agency for Miami. A sigh of relief. I think I, I encourage everybody listening. Uh, I encourage all Heat Nation, take a sigh of relief. We got the guy. Mm-hmm. Whatever comes next is just an added bonus. Yeah. I am so excited to see this team get out on the court and play. It's going to be so much fun. Like, I, the basketball fan in me is like, Ah, I need to. I need to watch them defend. But yeah, and we will be here for all of your heat coverage going into the end of the off season and throughout this season on the Hoop Ball Heat podcast. Absolutely. Um, thank you for listening to this episode. Um, if you're just listening and haven't downloaded, please download. It helps us out a bunch. Um. You know, follow us on follow us on social media. Me at KarmicBeat seven one nine three. Luke, where where can they find you? At Luke Josh Webb on uh, Twitter. And uh, yeah, be sure to stay tuned for the next episode of Football Heat. Yeah. Thank you so much, and uh, that's a wrap. Yep. Have a great morning, afternoon, or evening whenever you're listening to this, and we'll see you guys next time.
This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.